Welcome to the Defy the Odds podcast. We have some special guests. We're doing a special project, I must say, and we're excited to share some of that with you probably today. But we have some special guests, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves right now. Jake, why don't you start it off? Man? Yeah, Tell Jake Dancliffs. Uh, we do custom shoes out of San Antonio, Texas, uh, as Dank & Co. And, uh, yeah, we've been doing this for... Full time since 2012, and um, as a company since like 2009, and uh, yeah, we're here here to do some cool stuff with you guys. Awesome! So we did do a project before. If yeah. anyone saw the what do we call it, the Frankenstein? Frankenstein yeah. build. Yeah, it was a pretty cool. You know, 40 different pairs of shoes to make one. Obviously, everyone knows Vic Almighty over here. That's so. right, guys. I'm Vic. I work with Rejuvenator. You guys know the gig. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then we got Brian. Brian. You know, you're a little more undercover guy, so why don't you give us a little brief uh, intro for yourself? Yeah, I kind of am undercover. You know, I'm a kind of private collector. Um, I've been collecting for a long time. Most old uh, player-exclusive heads know me. Yep. Uh, collect a lot of Jordan brand stuff. I'm big into cleats, a lot of the player cleats. Um, been buying Jordan since day one, 85, 7th grade. Um, so I'm from California. Uh, a lot of people don't know me because I'm not really have a big social media profile or anything. I'm known as OG, the shoe game, two, three, four, five. Okay. Uh, which we'll see some more about in this project. So awesome. Nice to meet you all. If you can pull that mic to just a tad bit too, I think you're pulling out just a little bit. So I just make sure. There you go. Perfect. Right on. <laughs> so where you guys want to get started? Why don't, who wants to kind of give some input on this project, I guess? Yeah. So like there's a lot to go over. You know, we have two really talented and cool people on team today so why we gathered everybody today is because we're building this really really cool project it's this 2003 jordan 3 low that nike made specifically for kobe bryant not many people know about the shoe there's only like two images or so online so again and a jordan 3 low didn't that never came out on top like, of that so yeah, that like exists but like doesn't exist in 99 percent of sneakerheads like you know exactly and right. this project isn't easy to recreate it requires a lot of people a lot of different jobs for this build and it's a, the cool thing is brian touched on it it's the 20th anniversary of this project so 2023 2003 20 years exactly so basically we gathered brian jake and julian a graphic designer and myself to build this shoe it's taking like five to six days we're about halfway there we cut out all the pieces we'll get into that just a bit but that's the reason why brian and jake are here with us today yeah the 2003 uh laser dunks uh mark smith was the creator of that he only made about six of them in the low top three with the dunk sole but he also made some for michael jordan as well as kobe bryant the pair that, that we're looking to recreate and you have one of the six samples by the way yes we have it right here we're, we're working with it uh it's helping us with our project and for those of you who don't know mark smith used to be uh the vp of innovations at nike he's retired now he's still amongst michael jordan's inner circle for example one of his latest projects one of the sickest coolest projects by the way it's him redesigning the michael jordan mvp award that's coming up for the next season if you've seen it at all it's a sculpture of michael jordan and it has his hand holding a rock, right? Hmm, yeah, I might have that hand. You, yeah, you <laughs> might have a little sample piece, but that's his latest creation. We'll put a picture of it right here. <laughs> but Mark Smith's a guy, he's done a lot of crazy stuff. He's had his hand in a lot of different things. Mar uh, Brian's touching a lot of different stuff that he's been a part of that I didn't even know of. You want to talk about that? That's cool. Yeah, he's responsible for the outsole on the Jordan 9. Um, 
he was originally hired by Mark Parker, and then Tinker pulled him into to Jordan Brand, so he worked with Tinker Hatfield. And it's cool because, you know, Tinker Hatfield's a legend. Everybody knows him. Mark's a little more undercover, but, man, he's a genius. Yeah, I mean, I, what would you – I would say for people trying to get an idea of who who Mark Smith is, like his most famous design that people I, – I, easy. That's like – Easy. Entourage? He, yes, he, he did design the easy one. He worked closely so like, with him. I think um, that would be the most popular. Yeah, he's responsible. Many people don't know that he's responsible for LeBron James' logo. Yeah. As well Among as, Among as, well as Serena Williams. Yeah. Tiger Woods? Tiger Woods, uh, Mark's wife, is responsible Still. for that. So yep. they're, they're family. Crazy. Yeah, dope. Incredible artists. So, yeah. Yeah, it's... um. He's done so much stuff through the years trying and to fix something. And this is just what he's, like, told you that we've learned about. And then there's not much information, like, online about what it's It's kind of like how we were saying, like, the uh, what is it? The one one band, one show. You know, like, Nike's this – or one one band, one sound. You know, like, Nike is, Nike's Nike. So you don't really hear about all the things that all the people within Nike, like, have done individually for all these projects. That's not always out there, but like he's told you some stuff that's just like mind blowing information. And imagine all the stuff that he just hasn't had a chance to tell you yet. Like, who knows what else he's designed that we just like are everyday things in life that we yeah. take for granted. You Probably know? got sick of me asking him questions about probing his mind about well, how why was this made or when when was that made? And you know, but he's been so cool and just like offering help or information on pairs that he hasn't seen in a long time that's yeah. that I have in my collection. How'd you meet Mark? And I, you know, what's funny is he doesn't remember meeting me, but I, rem- I met him in 2005 at the Nike Town San Francisco uh, Chamber of Fear event, which LeBron came to and obviously all the, the head brass at Nike that had to do with that. And uh, I met him there. He, he doesn't remember, though. I told him that's the first time. Yeah. But... Uh, just over the years, I've connected with him through emails, uh, DMs, text messages, asking him questions about certain pairs or why this was done or why that was done. And I probably drove him up the wall, but he's been super supportive and like he'll answer me. Not all the time because he's a busy man himself. Of course. So, um, and and if you want to see some of his stuff and like follow him, it's Head Check, right? H e d c h e q. Yeah. So he does a little bit of everything too. He it's does. not just shoes. He's no, an artist. He's a he's creative an artist. Genius. He's a, he designed. He's not just this like tribal looking like you know um, the filigree. You know that's kind of what he's like known for. But he does so much other things. You know, Sincoro bottle, the Sincoro yeah, tequila bottle. Amazing. He designed that for the team, and it yeah. has twenty three degrees of curve in it. And there's little hidden meanings in that like the bottle. Five points and yes, all that. yes. So he he's Kind of a jack of all trades yeah. when it comes to designing a lot of different things. Yeah, that's dope. So, Brian, how did you? When did you get into sneaker collecting? What got you into you know the culture? Well, 1985 when when Jordans came out. He's a grandpa, by the way. It, it was, <laughs> you know, I remember when they came out the AJKO the the, the leathers and there were 64.99. Yeah, okay, yep. And I remember them being that. Uh, I grew up in Northern California, and I wanted a pair so bad, but. My parents weren't going to spend $65 yeah. for a pair of shoes. 
And back then, you, I only got one pair of shoes for the school year. So they, I was telling Jake this story the other day. Uh, I was crying for them, and they said, nope, not getting them. <laughs> but the AJKO came out, which was a canvas, which was like roughly half the price. Yeah. And my parents said, oh, we'll get you that, but you didn't want to be a <laughs> kid in school wearing the, the AJKO, you know, the canvas version. Did so you back then easy. wonder what KO stood for, or did you automatically think it was like AJ knockoff? I thought it was something to do with boxing, like knockout. Yeah, knockout. You know, that's what I... Did they ever confirm still, what it was? I don't think it's been confirmed. I think there's been a lot of talk. There's been a lot of talk. I, I haven't heard anything, heard anyone any from Nike to say anything. Yeah, so. yeah. good question. But uh, that's yeah, kind of when I got hooked on shoes, and I think the fact that I got denied those at first, I finally got them, by the way. Then you're like, okay. I finally got the real leather yeah. ones. And uh, when I finally got those, it kind of, because it was so hard to get, I think it sparked my... My hoarding, going to hoard shoes and collect and, and get them. And uh, I really got into it in 98, 99 when Team Jordan came out. You know, obviously, Jordan was close to retirement. Uh, he brought a bunch of athletes on, and they started making all these different player exclusives. And it was kind of easy to get general releases back then. They didn't have as many as they do today. So I kind of wanted the, the super rare stuff that only the players got that was very hard to acquire. And back then, in the days of early 2000, Nike Talk, you know, we were just, every day you'd log on to Nike Talk to see what somebody posted. And that just kind of, there was probably four or five of us. Um, uh, a lot of people know Baby Dill. I'll use their IG names because that's probably how people relate. Uh, Dependable J. Uh, Spurs Sniper 7, who is PE Vault now. Um, Aliong, Fallen Twins. Um, Phase two, Jermaine, um, Soul Supreme. Can't forget about Pumi. Uh, there was a there was a small group of us that were really into player exclusives and that super rare promo stuff. That's a little different than it is today, with all the different promo stuff they have now. Back then, uh, it was tough to get. It's hard to get. A lot of eBay searches, a lot of networking. So for me, back in those days with Nike Talk and all and Soul Collector and all these forums, that was that there was no social media at that i mean there, there was facebook and myspace had just dwindled out but there was no instagram and stuff at the time and but like seeing seeing this level of shoes you know there's tears in collecting you know and just with anything with cards or pokemon or whatever tears and like, everything with everything there's tears and like all the guys that you just listed including yourself are this like top tier collector you know like or we're one, just old <laughs> well not just there was older guy there's guys that are older than you guys that weren't collecting that echelon of of you know of products there's there it and i kind of got that bug after watching you guys start pick this stuff pick up all that kind of stuff it was like you get bored when you really get into something you get bored with getting stuff that's at retail at a store and then, and then you're like, man, this was only released at five stores, okay? Well, then that shit starts becoming boring, and you're like, I want the stuff that never fucking came out. And that's you know? what made this escalate to that point. Yeah, yeah. and it, it gets to the point where you're like, not only do I not want the stuff that never came out, I want the stuff that nobody's ever even seen or don't even know that it exists. And, like, that's when you get to you guys. The lengths we went to, you know, it's interesting when I, I look back, you know, we've just been around a long time, and... You know, back before social media. I remember Nike Talk, I didn't even know how to do a, a host from Picture Trail. I didn't, 
I was kind of computer. Ninety nine percent of the people that are going to listen to this probably have no idea what you're talking <laughs> yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. In order to post a picture on the web forum, you had to upload it in the like photo bucket, and then on photo bucket it would give you a list of links, and you had to copy that whole and paste it URL link and paste it onto the your Nike Talk your Nike post. Talk little discussion and hit send or enter to post it. And when it would post, it would, instead of posting that link, it would post the photo. That was how you would host the photo. Like, it's Painted not like, yeah. it's not like shit today. It, like, it was tough. You know, I was telling Jake <laughs> this yesterday. I was telling Jake, we're just, just chatting it up about old days. And I remember I didn't even know how to do it. I remember giving my Nike talk uh, password to baby Dill, yep. Drew Dillard. Uh, anybody knows Texas that name. collector, Texas collector. Awesome dude. Great PE collector. Um, I actually gave him my password so that he could post on my account pictures of my shoes because I didn't know how to do it. Eventually, <laughs> I figured it out. But, you know, back then, you know, it was a small circle. You trusted people. So, so I got a question. You've obviously been part of the culture for so long. Can you just walk me through what your thoughts are on the culture and how it's progressed and changed over the last, what, you've been doing it for 20 years? Longer. Longer. <laughs> yeah. It, um, it, it's, it's nice and it's a little sad at the same time okay. to me, just being an, an old head. Um, it's nice to see the growth and the interest in shoes and the things that the different companies are doing now um, to innovate and bring different things to the marketplace. But at the same time, some of the problems, the growing pains that come with that from you know, people that are frauding each other or the fakes. That yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's kind of a bittersweet thing. There's, there's good and there's bad, just like anything else and like in other, you know, uh, collecting cultures. So, you know, I, that's kind of where it's at. There's a lot of good, but there's also some sad stuff. That's going. So when it comes to PE, there's all different sports, dude. You know, we have basketball, we got football. What do you like to collect and why? Like I have a lot of people know me for cleats. And that's a very small um, collecting base of people who just collect cleats. And the reason why I think myself and a few others are really into it is back then, back in the early 2000s, those were the very hardest peas to get. There was more basketball peas made um, quantity-wise. Football players, baseball players, uh, Jeter, uh, Randy Moss, um, you know, prime time, prime time. Deion Sanders only had basically one, one Jordan, but um, Jordan model. But it was the cream, like, like Jake said, it was the hardest thing to get. He can so, come in. So that's what, that's what drove us to go for the cleat versions of things. So, but basketball was cool too. I, I collect basketball, baseball. I even have uh, some racing peas, Danny Hamlin. Um, I have some track and field peas of Jordan brand athletes. So I, I kind of collect it all. You know, awesome. Not, not just one thing. And how many pairs do you say you got right now? 600? Somewhere in that neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. They're all split up everywhere. Huh? They, you can't just keep them in one room. I have 20 cubes just full of shoes that I yeah. have to go through. That's so. crazy. On the same size, do you go for a certain size? Because I know a lot of samples and stuff are like size 9, for example. I collect player exclusive. So size 9 samples, there are some collectors out there that are into that. Um, I want the shoe that was made for the athlete. Gotcha. That so whatever size, size that is. Whether it's 14 or 7 or whatever. What about signed pieces? 
Sign pieces, I do have some sign pieces. Do you like sign pieces? Um, Depending on who it is? You know what? Being an old head back in the day, we always wanted dead stock. No ink. You know, that's kind of how we were back then. We'd actually pay more money for an unsigned brand new pair than a game-worn pair, which is flipped, obviously, lately, with memorabilia going wild. Right. Um, You know, I look back and think, you know, I used to even take off signatures off shoes. Yeah. Yeah. And now you have to second guess I've been that. hired to do that. Yeah. yeah me too. If you by, knew how many signatures person. I had removed or, you know, used Gugon to get off on a patent, you know, get off an autograph, that's what we do. We try to make it look as new as possible. A lot of times PEs are, say, for most part for, I guess, you know, some of these players aren't the most notable players or they're college PE and the player isn't that notable, but they signed it. And it's like, well, I want the shoe. <laughs> I don't want you to be. But I don't want you a part of it. <laughs> you know, but it's so like, yeah, I get, yeah. It's, it's like different. Said, I've been it's hired not... to clean and remove that from shoes before. Yeah, I'm not taking off a Jordan autograph no, or that's, a Kobe yeah. autograph <laughs> yeah. or anything like that. But, you, you know, jumped. maybe a, a lesser player, you know, you might think about, you know. Or, for instance, like, you know, you're, you're saying you had a pair that was like a Shaq and Yeah, I had a, Peyton. a, I had a Gary Payton 12 that had. Shaq autograph, which was kind of weird. And he <laughs> and only autographed one shoe, but then GP, too. And it was kind of, the autographs were kind of not yes, that, janky. that throws off the pair totally. It's weird to say that because, like, if you had one of Shaq's P's signed, that's awesome. You know, but, like, him on one of Gary Payton's P's, like, just makes the shoe strange. And I think on that yeah. one, you know, I'm close to GP size myself, so I could wear it. I think I'd rather like wear it than have an autograph on it. What about if it's a shoe that's autographed by the player but made out to somebody on the shoe? Well, nowadays you can get rid of the the name, you know. Yeah. You can cover over that name nowadays, you know. Vic, Vic, Vic I'm sure knows. Yeah. Whatever projects you want to talk that. on. We've done uh-huh. I've Vic, done a lot of Vic's work for man for restorations. I know that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have any clients, dude. I Brian's I, I've been working with Brian for like 10 years now. Um I taking very limited stuff he has some of the coolest stuff i've ever seen ever you'll probably never see it anywhere else a lot of stuff i don't post by request of ryan and that's okay you know some stuff he does let me like for example like the Dion sanders that i just restored he got them for a great price they were beat but it made a great video we unyellowed them re-glued them put new eva foam repainted them it was a good restoration that was a fun one um but i've done a lot of work for you over the years some stuff i don't touch on because i don't know what stuff is okay to touch on. Well, Vic, he's the only one I trust with my stuff. And it's not to say anyone else does it, doesn't, doesn't do that. I know, I know Jake yeah. is incredible as well. Um, but some, th- some things, you know. You just have your guys. Yeah. As, you know? a, as a player, exclusive collector, sometimes you get things from sources that you don't want to step on their toes. Yeah. So certain things like I'll never ever post just because I've given my word, and I also don't want to, you know, uh, jeopardize a relationship. Of course. So I'm very careful not to step on toes. So that's why sometimes, like with, I, I can see Vic's baiting me into going into that. Oh, like where's he going? <laughs> yeah, you know, can I start touching on it? That's just how it is in the life of a PE collector. You, know, you got to value your, your relationships, which sadly a lot of people don't do that today. You know, it's easier. Well, that's a big thing because, like, the question you always get, like, as a PE collector is, like, where do you get your stuff, you know? And that's a question that it's, like, networking. And it's not like you just – sometimes, yeah, you're lucky enough to get on 
eBay or Marketplace or Craigslist or something like that and come across some random thing that somebody didn't know what it was. But 99% of the time, it's you doing all this legwork of meeting this doctor that knew this player or meeting this person that knew this person. Equipment managers. That is equipment manager or whatever. And like, and, you know, you, you know, sending a box of chocolates or something to that person and getting on their good side and then taking them out to lunch and then all that just so that, you know, like the, for the chance that they might get something or yeah. know where something is. Yeah. And know? that's where etiquette comes in. I've been yeah. asked so many times, where do you get this? Where do you get that? And you kind of, yeah. you don't, you don't want to yeah. be rude, but you also are like, not want to give up your source. Exactly. So, and yeah. it's just kind of etiquette, you know, it's just kind of like one of those questions you don't ask. Yeah. You know, and not everybody yeah. knows that, but curiosity killed the cat. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's one of the most rare pairs that you have in your collection that you can talk about? Is it one? Is well, it, rare is a relative word because you know there is a ton of one on ones. Yeah. And you always hear that word. Oh, I, what's rare? What's rare? Well, you can't get any rarer than a one on one. Yeah, it's true. That's and there's tons of them. Um, you know, just like the the laser I brought that we're we're building off of with this Kobe project. Um, when we think about that, that's a one-on-one made in the innovation kitchen. Oh, here it comes right here. That's a beautiful piece, man. One of one of one art made by Mark Smith in the uh, innovation kitchen, 2003. And he made six different pairs. They're all different. Um, I know another collector, Randy Ballantyne. He just he just pulled up. Literally, he just pulled up. I texted him. I told him he has a shoot. He should come in. Yeah, he He, should grab. He has one. Um, I know there's a couple in Nike archives. Uh, I think Sneaker Freaker magazine. Owner has one too. You should have had him bring it. Yeah, I, to I told him to bring it. I'm not sure if he did bring it or okay. not. Yeah, so I mean, one on one, they consider this an artist proof. It doesn't have any tagging or anything in it. It's handmade. Have you got any crazy offers for those uh, since you've had them? Yeah, I had somebody offer yeah. quite a bit. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, 25K. Jeez. But, uh, you know, so one on ones, I mean, they're rare is a relative word. Yeah, I mean, that's as rare as you're going to get. I have yeah. the. Um, I haven't really posted them. I think once I did a quick story on them just to see. I have uh, LeBron James uh, Capital Classic Jordan 18 that was game worn. That's cool. In that game, which Michael was at. Yeah. And like just fat for the people out there, (laughs) just let that go right by. (laughs) Like fathom that. Yeah. Say that again slowly (laughs) so that people understand exactly what they're hearing there. Jordan 18, Capital Classic, 2003, that LeBron played in. It was his last game as a high school player. His very last game as a high school player. And from what we know, LeBron only had two pairs of Jordans that he wore on the court, right? Yes. The uh, green and and white nines. And this is a black Jordan 18 with with King King James James embroidered on the side of it. And it's a mid. They never released a mid. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. That's pretty rare. That's <laughs> pretty rare. But it, the fact that, and that's where the the line gets crossed with player exclusive game worn. Yeah, that shoe is way more valuable because of the of course. Yeah, of course. And being worn in that game, King James. Most people never knew where that shoe went. Um, I can't go into how I got it really, but <laughs> yeah. um, it's that's a pretty special pair because back yeah. in the day in two thousand three when. All of us were like looking for crazy PEs. That was one that everybody was trying to get. Yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> funny how 
how like you can talk to like an average collector nowadays that you know they'll try to explain to somebody that isn't a collector you know like yeah i went to the store there's no you can't get anything in retail stuff is just too rare you know it's like whatever travis scott that sold out you know because um, now yeah. it's going for thousands of dollars because it's so rare they made 250,000 of those yeah, yeah. like that isn't rare you it's know like it's kind of crazy because you think about it's it like limited. so so travis scott <laughs> let's say I, I don't really know travis scott i don't collect travis scott stuff I'm kind of like mainly into athletes and and stuff like this but i don't know how many purple pairs or you know the different friends and family no. some of those go for what 35 40,000 yeah. or whatever now what if Travis dropped a Rollins backwards swoosh red and white Jordan one cleat or something like that like would you be interested in something like that if it was made for a player maybe Rollins yeah. say oh, okay probably so yeah, if, it's, if it's Jordan brand you if know, it's Jordan brand cleat I might it might not custom like, <laughs> yeah it'd have to be made by Jordan brand. yeah yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, I might consider it. That'd be pretty you know? wild. So, yeah. on that note, what's your level of collecting? Have you slowed down or are you still as in the game as you once were? I've gotten pretty selective. Okay. Makes sense. If it's something insane that I've been looking for for years, like, for instance, the Randy Moss 11, as far as I know, that any collectors I know, nobody has his actual player exclusive. There's a, I think it's Carter out in, in China. Mm-hmm. I think he's in China. He has a size nine uh, look-see sample. But see, I don't collect samples. I want the player size. And I don't think, to my knowledge, anybody has ever shown that or has it in their collection that has told anybody about. I think Gentry told me he has a pair. I have never seen a picture of it. A sample or a P? A P. Ra- random question. But, like, for example, like, we have n- natural disasters happen all over the country every year. Some houses, buildings get completely destroyed, washed away. Have you heard of any cases where collectors that had Jordan pieces, Nike pieces, lose, you know, historical pieces like this? got to be somebody in Florida, <laughs> for sure. I can't say I've heard a collector. I do know, like, Sometimes things happen, and I've heard that you know some players have lost a bunch of their peas. One in particular is uh, Earl Thomas. Many of you know, like his house burned down not too long ago, and I know he had a lot of peas. You know, obviously he was on Team Jordan, Seahawks, uh, Baltimore Ravens. So, you know, I'm sure quite a few peas got lost. At some player. I know one in Houston. It was a collector. And I could probably get corrected on this because I don't know if this pair burned or if they saved it. I can't remember. But there was a collector in Houston that um, his chick would wear to our sneaker shows. It was like a size five and a half M&M four that used to belong to Nicole Richie. And that pair, his house burned down. But I, I'm not positive if that pair got burned or if that's the one shoe he saved that ended like a dot <laughs> yeah i'm not positive on it. I, I haven't heard randy might know that story i don't know <laughs> yeah randy what's going on bro hey randy did you bring those threes did you bring the three low go home <laughs> <laughs> just kidding yeah, so speaking of randy 
him and his brother used to bug me all the time to buy fees, and uh, I've known him a long, long time. So he was just—they were just kids when I when I first met him. But uh, it's kind of cool to go back that far with. with like, yeah, we got to we got to bring Randy on the podcast yeah, Randy too. Yeah, and his brother yeah. Ivan. Yeah, yeah. dudes. So how did you get into, you know, doing customs? And let's hear a little bit about yeah. your story. Yeah, uh, my my brother's ten years older, and uh, always had way cooler shoes than I had. Okay. Growing up, and um, I took notice of that. Like I was born in '85, and I took notice of that by '89. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I was four. That's about right. Yeah, and started drawing shoes. My mom was an artist, so I started drawing shoes, and then that was the thing, you know, just like off and on my whole life. And like then getting into high school, you know, get into you know beer and girls and you know, everything else. Yeah, you know, yeah like. Okay kind of lose that for a little while and then you're back into it and then kind of got back into it like (laughs) in college and stuff like that and then um when i started making my own money you know and living on my own and um i actually started doing um paintings of shoes like on like portraits that i would sell on nike talk and so they were just portrait paintings of people's like favorite shoes and i started selling those and uh, fueling my sneaker collection with that, and I wouldn't even dip into my bank account. Like, I would sell paintings, and then that's what would, you know, that's what would be my funding for my sneaker collecting. Yep. And then it kind of, I started realizing, like, you know, there's a lot of shoes out there that uh, I couldn't obtain, you know, and that I wanted to make a, a my own version of. And I started realizing, man, if I could paint a portrait of a shoe on canvas, why can't I use the shoe as a canvas? And then... What year is that? That was probably 2007, 2008, around in there. And then, so I I started researching on, you know, I was buying the crappiest paints, not knowing what to do with them. You couldn't go to Angelus Direct and buy Angelus Paints at the time. It was turtlefeathers.net. It was the only place you could buy... Angel's paints. There was no tutorials or YouTubes or anything like that. I know these guys are spoiled now. Yeah, totally. I get asked every day, you know, or my Instagram just got deleted two days ago. Yeah, we gotta help him gotta help him get it back or get his followers back. That's not right, Instagram. That's not right. So I used to get DMs daily Uh (laughs) with people asking for ways to learn how to do things and I'd be like, like, You got everything at your Go to YouTube. Go to YouTube. (laughs) I had nothing. Like I just yeah. got dirty, got busy, figured it out, yeah. figured it out. But, um, but uh, the the one shoe that really kind of got me to like, I guess my first shoe where I was, I actually took time on it and took paid attention to what I was doing and kind of did it right was an Orchard Street uh, dunk. So, Orchard Street was a store in New York, and they basically in '04 somewhere around there they bought. Uh, like 36 or 24 pairs of Brazil Dunk Highs, and they removed the tongue and flipped them, cut a little hole in the wing, um, and then painted some pieces orange, yellow parts to orange, switches to black, and then they, like, slung them on... um, Heard about that. They slung them on, like, telephone pole wires and trees and all over New York City and then put, like, wanted posters everywhere to, like, you know, get your... You know, find your dunk on whatever tree or whatever, bring it in, and you can get your great ashtray and your shirt and your poster yeah. and your box or whatever at the store. It was just a 
purely for marketing. Yeah, that's great. And uh, that really was a big influence for me. So I remember when that pair, I remember I passed up a pair in my size on eBay, brand new for 600 bucks. And I was like, at that point, I was like, I'm not paying $600. For yeah. What's the word now? 25000 probably, I'd say, on Orchard Street nowadays. Maybe. Yeah, it's a good investment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, like, so I decided I would make my own version of that. And there was another dude on Nike Talk, Rolo Tenedo. Uh, he goes by Dunkster Nice. And he was doing customs here and there. But he would call, he would do kind of what I was doing. Like, he was making his own version of a shoe that had already come out. Yep. And he'd call it Poor Man. And I love that he called it. So it was like he'd make a Poor Man Biotech yep. or a Poor Man Safari. Did you do and the poor man undefeated for us? Did you have poor man on there? Yep. Okay. On the back of the tongue, it just said poor man. Instead of undefeated, it said poor man. So, like, any shoe where I would make a shoe that looked kind of like another shoe yeah. or, like, a version of it, I'd call it poor man. So, that I started with that undefeated dunk, and I called him, like, the poor man – or, sorry, not undefeated, the uh, Orchard Street. And I'd call it the poor man Orchard Street dunk. And, like, they were on the inside numbered, like, one – of 36 or whatever i put mine as zero of 36 yeah. you know made a box for it and everything was like cool. zero of 36 on it yeah. how did it turn out pretty good great and i still own, i still have them right awesome. now like, awesome. they don't have it chipped or anything jake what's They're your great. favorite custom you ever did what's your if you had to pick one could you are or top like, three are, are they like children top three that sounds so many though that's like because i know you blew my mind when you showed me the other day what most meaningful, because obviously, yeah, you, you like them all, but yeah, the most I mean, meaningful ones. Like, recently I did a pair for my mom. It was just a simple pair of New Balances for her to wear on a, on a cruise with her sisters. Yeah. It was just super simple. Just had her name on it and a cruise ship on the tongue. It's cool, though. And, like, that was one of the most meaningful pairs that I've ever done. Yeah. Um, um, what are the one? What's the one you're talking about? You did some uh, Carhartt. Oh, that was a crazy pair. Yeah, we wanted to recreate an Eminem 4. Yep. But, like, there's two Eminem 4s. There's the blue one, and then there's the Carhartt, the black one. Yep. I wanted to make a blue car, Carhartt. So the same blue as the blue, but out of Carhartt. Yeah, yeah. And in the oil fields there in Texas, all the guys wear these Carhartt, like, jumpsuits that are fire retardant. Yep. And they're the same blue. Oh, wow. As the blue from the Eminem 4. So we made a... Carhartt Jordan 4 in blue that was fire retardant That's material, sick. and we put all the little fire retardant tags and everything yeah, yeah. on there. And they're bad. They're yeah, super they're cool looking. Good. And then we were like, you know what, let's take it a step further. Let's make a, a Carhartt Jordan 3 M&M. Yeah. So we made it look just like the black, but in the, in a, in the 3. And is that just for you personally, or are you doing that for somebody else? Two different clients. Okay, two yeah. different. So he, had, the, he had me fanboying on that. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I don't know. I, I'm having a blank. I'm well, that, a blank. That's kind of the beginning of Dank & Co. Where are we at now? Yeah, so then, you know, that kind of started, and then that was like, a, like I said, 07, 08, 09. And then... I mean, that's early. How many, how many other people are customizing shoes back then? So there was, there was a website back then called Paint or Thread, still, still around today, that would highlight customizers and the main guys that you would see on there back then were uh was mosh um c2 who now is a designer at adidas and he he was like 
15 years old back then. Wow. And, and he did pairs for LeBron as well. Wow. And then um, uh, there was like methamphibian, sabotage, um, lazy was one of them. Um, so there's, there's a handful of people. JBF around that time? JBF went around then. Just yet. Um, shoe surgeon had just started doing his thing. He was in his garage yeah. and doing pairs, doing like um, super sky top rebuilds for Justin Bieber. Yeah. And um, there was a guy, Nash Money, um, was out of the UK. Uh, that's about it. Okay. Like that, they were like known guys, yeah. you know? Um, so there wasn't a lot. And now, like, I live as I live in a small gated community, and there's probably forty kids in that community that call themselves <laughs> customers. Yeah, I'm sure. Like, <laughs> yeah. That, like, yeah, I can't even walk to get the mail without kids like going like, "Hey, that's cool. Check out what I made." Yeah, like, that's fun. That's 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 cool. It's though, crazy yeah, like, yeah. how much it's grown. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. So then, in 2012, my dad got diagnosed with colon cancer. That day, I quit my job. Okay. Um, that was October of 2012. He passed in October of 2014. Okay. But in that time frame before he passed, he was able to see me do shoes for LeBron and that's cool, man. A bunch of other crazy people that kind of really like fueled things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What were you? What was your job at that point when you said? Yeah, I was a energy efficiency consultant. So I was in. Yeah, we're in we're in Phoenix here, and it's like 115. Yeah, but Texas <laughs> is still hot too. Texas, you know, the the it would get up to 100 degrees, 105 degrees, whatever. But attics, I'd, I was getting in five attics a day. Those are 160-degree attics. Yeah. And, like, I'd get up there, my eyeballs would instantly dry out, and I'd just start sweating. I'd come out. Like, I was not – I had no weight on me. Yeah. I was skinnier than you back then. Yeah. And, like, that was just – I wasn't even doing work in those attics. All I was doing was – in there with a flashlight and a thermometer, just checking everything out, and then so, I'd come down and quote them for the services. So it wasn't a hard so, job to quit? Um, it was. Cause, yeah. And even my boss and my, and my family were saying for like two years before I quit, they were like, you need to do with this sneaker thing. This yeah. is crazy. Like, you need to do this. My boss was telling me that. Yeah, that's cool. And, like, finally it took my dad being diagnosed with colon cancer for me to realize that. And I, I quit so that I'd have the free time to, Hang. to like, be with him, yeah. you know, while still doing my own thing. And even then, after, like, two or three months of being on my own, I still had cold feet. And I ended up getting a job for two months selling cremations, wow. which was, like, it's an interesting the worst job <laughs> ever. <laughs> and, like, after two months of doing that and realizing, like, I don't ever want to have to look for a job again. In my yeah, life. I want to jump. I'm going to jump like, into this head yeah, first. Yeah, I'll do whatever I can to be on my own. Like, I never want to work for anybody else in my life. Like, I don't blame you. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. Yeah. Unless you're cool like me, I guess. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I started in 2013 Customs, and I was on Instagram already at that point. So, Dank was one of the first pages that I followed. And, dude, your work was always magnificent since day one. I still go back every now and then when I'm trying to spark a... Can't now. Long <laughs> <laughs> gone. We'll Everything's it. gone. That's we'll true. Everything's gone. Dude, it's true, though. That like, sucks, he has, he had thousands of posts, though. He yeah. didn't care about the fee. He would leave it up there. So, I would scroll for hours and hours. Yeah. 
then and now looking at all cool concepts. So that kind of, that does suck. I can't, I, there, there goes my, there's uh, stuff that was on IG that I don't have pictures of anymore. We'll yeah. get your IG like, back, man. There's DMs. I don't know what the hell I'm going to do because there's DMs in there of clients that I've taken their money. Yeah. That that's how I was in contact with. I don't have their email. I don't have their phone numbers. Just DM uh, Vic. DM Vic and Vic will Seriously, like the if, if you give have, me my password, bro. If, you, if I've taken your money, okay, where's camera here? Which camera? Yeah. If I've Any taken of. your money and we're not in contact on email, please email me at JW or just reach out through the website. Go to the website and write to me. Reach out through Vic, whatever you can to get a hold of me because I don't have some people's contact information now. That's wild. That I've taken their money and like I can't, like I could do their shoe, but then what? Yeah. How am I going to get it to them? Well, we'll, 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 again, we'll try to work on getting it back and, you know, that's, yeah, it's it's so crazy. I know we briefly touched on it and I don't want to spend too much time, but the fact that they can just, Take you down like that without some sort of appeal or at least conversation. And I went with you through the crazy. appeal process. That's crazy. And everything, and and immediately got the response back saying, "No, we're not going to reinstate your Instagram," saying that I promote or sell fraudulent material or yeah. fraudulent product. Yeah, you can't even protect yourself from that. It's like yeah, it's wild. Sort of like what, it to any of us. What's sad about that is on every one of his posts, if you ever seen him, there's always a disclaimer that Bottom. he doesn't have any affiliation yeah. with. With whatever, and if and if if I ever do anything that's inspired by somebody else's work, whether it be off white or Louis yeah, or whatever, I give credit to those yeah. companies, and then I put at the bottom a disclaimer saying this is a one of kind handmade piece of work. It will not be duplicated, and I and it's not in partnership with any other company. Yeah. Like, and even the shoe, the base shoes themselves are authentic. Yeah. Those aren't even fake. Yeah. Like, I don't fuck with that like, yeah, yeah. because of these reasons. You know, and like, yeah, we'll, we'll <sighs> frustrate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've been following you since 2013, but I guess 2013 to 2023. <laughs> <laughs> Ten years. Yeah, yeah, dude, but you've been on top since, dude. You're still one of my favorite customizers slash restorers because the thing about you, you do it all. You know, a lot yeah. of people specialize in certain things, painting, sewing, do really cool concepts, but crappy work. Uh, I think Dank has it all. It's you know? cool to finally meet him because I've known through online yeah. about Jake, I don't know, what, 15 years or so? Yeah. yeah. And, and a lot of your friends. Yep. And it's We all run in the same it, circles, you know. And it's yeah. fun to finally be here and meet you in person. Like, this yeah. is the first time, and we're working on this project together, crazy. which is great. So yeah. and let, I'm, I'm hyped about that. Let's talk about how this project kind of came together. It's been a long time in the making. So, like, a couple years ago, Brian put that in my ear, like, Doing that project, again, like, I knew it was going to take a lot, you know. All of this to recreate is hours upon about, upon hours. Um, he knows a bit more about the pattern itself, but from what oh, I understand. Let's go back, too. So they had been thinking about, or he had he had been wanting to recreate this shoe. Okay. Right. And Just then couple. Randy, last time I was here, Randy has a version of this shoe, too. And Different color. He, he pulled, brought it on display for Super Bowl weekend. That's I right. called yep. the night before. I was like, make sure you bring that and your red pair. The the red Air Force One, and which also Mark Smith did, right? Yep. Did Mark Smith do that one? Yeah. The red Air Force One, right? The did, prize, the, the the one that you won on the show, I think. Mark Smith did that one too, right? Yeah. So, um, I wanted to see that shoe again in person. I saw it years ago when you when you brought it to San Antonio, but I wanted to see it again in person, and especially his version of the Jordan Three Low. 
because I've always wanted to recreate a Jordan 3 low because awesome. it doesn't exist. Yeah. Nobody even so knows about it. Nobody dude. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. And like, because there's only six pairs of these and one that went to Jordan, one went to Kobe, and that's it that we know of. So, you know, I wanted to recreate the shoe for myself, you know, and I, I pulled him and, and Randy aside, and I was like, yo, I want to recreate this. And you're like, well, maybe that's our next project. Yeah. See, Jake uh, thought it was his original idea. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was mine. And I was going to take that on. He was going to try to do it by... Good luck. Yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah. So I had two people in my ear talking about this project. So, like, you know what? I think I can make this project possible now. That's dope. He wants to do the project. I think we can make it happen. So yeah. for this one, again, it takes a lot of, a lot of effort. It a lot it of was, logistics. Exactly. Yeah. It's not just a video. It was months in the making. Getting everybody to line up on this one week. Again, it's five parties. We got the Rejuvenator production. We got me, Jake, Brian, and Julian, our graphic designer. Yeah. Five, all five parties had to have the same schedule for those four, five, six days for this project. That was part one. Getting all the materials, understanding what everybody needs to do, and then coming down here. We've already, this is day three of the process. We're in the middle of making that Kobe project right now. Yeah. So and if we look tired. Yeah, we <laughs> yeah. were here till four in the morning last yeah, night. Yeah, Laser engraving and stuff, just trying to make sure it's as point as, uh, as perfect as possible. Because Mark Smith's going to see this shoe. Yeah. You know, we don't want to disappoint. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But going back to the pattern, like, it's intense. Like, it's four, it was 40 years in the making. You know, it wasn't done overnight. In this, like, design, this, like, tribal design, there's is hidden letters and things that you'll see in there. Yeah. Did he do that by hand? I think he may have drawn it by hand and then digitized yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, like because like I've, it up. I've done for customers, you know. So the Entourage Air Force One—that's an, another one of Mark Smith's, you know, designs. He did the turtles too. Yeah, the turtle, the Fukijama. Yeah, he is, he is. He is the original Fukijama. That is yeah. him. So that shoe, I've had, uh, I've had clients want, and I'm, we're actually working on for the same client. So I have a client that we did did a. Air Force One entourage design on an Air Max One. And all the lasering and, and all the design from it, we didn't incorporate anything from the entourage. He wanted all his family's yeah, dope. information in there. Instead of it saying entourage and turtle and, you know, whatever, like it was all his family's information on the shoe. So all of that I had to hand draw in the style of Mark Smith. Interesting. On a pad, so I'd make the pattern, then I'd hand draw everything filling the pattern, and then come back with a, a sharp, nice pen, and go over like as perfect as I could, erase all the pencil, scan it, digitize it, and then take it to a laser engraver and have him laser engrave all that in, and then build the shoe out of that. I'd love to see that. Yeah, yeah. we'll have to send us some so we can put it in. I can find pictures of that. Uh, you know, it's kind of cool to back it up about how the project came about. And we also didn't have a, a front shot of the shoe, so we didn't know what was on the tongue. There's yeah. only two images online of the shoe. Kobe holding it and up close shot of the back. Yes, kind of at an angle. Yep. And that's what I think when we're, we first started this project, Jake made a good statement to describe the shoe in one word, mythical. Yeah. Because there's only been two pictures of that shoe and that's all we know about it. Yeah. There's Kobe holding it, and then that one that's at an angle kind of close-up. So we didn't know what was on the tongue. So I, I kind of got in Mark's ear, and I'm like, hey, do you remember what was on? And he's done so many shoes for Mark. I, I quiz him and quiz him and quiz him. He's like, you know what? That was 20 years ago or 18 years ago. I, I don't. I don't care. Yeah. So one day I get a text message from Mark. 
and he's holding a picture, the only picture he said he has, of that shoe that he just snapped after he was done with it. That he had, had and developed? It, yes, and it was from the, yeah, yeah, I'm sure it had a, had a stamp on the back of it. But um, it was from the front, and we could see the tongue yeah. and what was on it, which led to us being able to create. And it's super unique. We would have never guessed yeah, yeah, the logo. It's a, it's a crest. It's like a shield almost with the number eight on the inside and a thunderbolt. Not exactly sure what it means. Lightning bolt. Or a thunder, yeah, lightning bolt. <laughs> yeah, my bad. I'm just so stoked about the shoe. <laughs> but I'm not exactly sure what it means. Like, what's the meaning behind the, light, the lightning bolt, the number eight inside a shield? You know, if we ask Mark, he'd probably say, you know what, don't ask me. It's 20 years yeah. ago. I don't remember. But, you know. It means something, though. So a lot of things had to come to, into play to make this things. happen. Yeah. And, it's, yeah. and it's still in the works. You know, yeah. we're still not fully there. But, you know, it's, it's I, a cool I, project. I kind of think it was a gift from Nike because um, obviously Kobe was close with MJ. Yeah. I think it was a gift when he signed with Nike. Yeah. Because a, the full picture of him holding that shoe, most, most online, I think it, it's cut off. It's cut off. But you can see all kind of different 2K4s, uh, Karachis that they made for him. Gotcha. Even a, a custom laser 2K4 Karachi. That so 2003 was the year he signed with Nike. Yes. Because before that, he was kind yes. of he was a free wearing, agent. Free and that, agent that's, when the, that's when the laser started. That was the era. So. Yeah, he had some interesting Adidas. Yeah, sure. Adidas, and then during that year, he had nobody, so he was wearing Jordans, like Concords on the court and stuff. It's cool stuff, and then he finally signed with Nike. And all those other guys, too, like Lundy and Desmond. Tom Ludecky, yeah, Maze. Oh, yeah, Not just Mark Maze, yeah. All these, like, the, there was a whole, like, era of, like, laser and engraving, like, yeah. artists. They had the laser pack. Many yeah. people know about the laser pack. Yeah, like the, the laser fours, stuff. laser yep. fives. Yep. And Kobe, Kobe must have been a big, I know he was a big MJ fan, of course, they were friends. But, you know, um, I'm originally from Northern California, but we moved down to Newport Beach. And I would see Kobe quite often. And every time I see Kobe, I always want to ask him about that shoe. And he's, if you ever met Kobe, he could be very, in public, he could be very dodgy. No, I've never met know. Kobe. But, um, <laughs> you know, it, it was something that kind of fueled that mythical pair of like, man, wouldn't it be cool to build that? You know, shoe. I mean, obviously, we'd never pass it off as a real thing or anything. It's, it's obviously, and as, as you see the project, there's going to be a couple tweaks to it that I think uh, I think everybody will enjoy seeing. What's the plan for the shoe? Is it the now holy grail of everything? Like it's the top of the collection? It better be. It'll, it'll definitely <laughs> be. It, it'll, I'll be looking at that shoe and realize the labor of love that <laughs> of all of us. You're a part of it. Yeah, that all of us. You know. Vic and, and Jake, they're customizers. They built shoes and worked with shoes. I'm not. I'm just a collector. So but my been background. Hand, you've been hands-on on the whole process. My yeah. background, I do laser engraving for my business in the wine industry. So I do know about laser engraving. So that I hope I brought something with that. Yeah, um, totally. Working with Julian. We got to shout out Julian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trooper, man. He was here with us till three in the morning. With, yeah, yeah. Without, without Julian, it's probably not possible. Julian, we need you. Need a special shot. And, out and it's not just that. We're not just making the patterns, inserting the filigree. We also had to recreate a lot of the artwork that wasn't there. This isn't the exact shoot, but this entire panel on the back had to be recreated with an eight ball. The Nike uh, back tab had to be recreated. Obviously, the tongue with the crest that we had to draw from scratch, digitize it, put it on the exact spot where it goes. Along with cutting the pattern down and exactly. making it a low. You know, yeah. so Julian did all that, man. So, awesome. again, it's a lot, it was a lot of work. Yeah. yeah. Still not in the clear. Labor of love. But, you know, <laughs> some, one, of the, one of the camera guys asked me yesterday, 
gonna wear it? I don't know. I might. You better you, not. You know what? I, I might. Why not? If, it, if it's a special, <laughs> yeah, if it's a very special event, um, maybe. Wear this one first. It's not even your oh, size, huh? Yeah, it's eleven. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I might have to cut the toe out. <laughs> yeah. No. No. Wear them. Yeah. Just don't let Randy change the sole on his. Go. I'll kill you. Yeah, we heard, we heard Randy wanted to swap the soul on them. <laughs> no, Randy, that's art, brother. I'll just recreate you a pair and take yours. That's art, brother. Uh, you're a grown man now, man. Last time I saw you, you're just a, a young buck. <laughs> awesome. Well, what else? Anything else you guys want to chat about? I mean, we talk, I mean, dude, we talked about your custom stuff and your side of work, but... You also have a collection, you know, you do have a pretty big 85 collection and that's the stuff that I like, yeah. the OG stuff, you know, I can relate to that kind of stuff. You basically have almost every, every 85 colorway besides a few, yeah. two or three. So right? this is your chance, Jake, to ask for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So missing um, black uh, toe, I'm missing the maroon metallic or burgundy metallic and the orange metallic and then the gray low. Yeah. And, and I only... By my size. And that's the thing, so too. 12 to 13 and a half. That's a like, tougher size, too, right? It's, I like it's that. Horrible. 12 to 13 and a half. Well, yeah. Isn't that a sneakerhead right yeah. there? Yeah. Well, the reason why I say that is because when I started collecting my pairs, I was much thinner, skinnier, and I was size 12. And my foot's length didn't grow, but the width did. So um, not that I wear my OGs all the time. I have worn them in different, like, commercial-type settings. But, like, I want to at least be able to if I want to. You know, and so, yeah, finding a 12 or 13 in those sizes of the shoes that I'm I'm missing are few and far between, you know. Yeah. And, and I've helped other collectors, like, again, Rolo, Dunkster Nice. He was missing maroon metallic. He completed his metallic pack. He was missing that, that maroon, that burgundy, for a long time. And then there was... Uh, <laughs> there was a seller in China. I can't remember his name. It was like Donkey Toes or something weird like that. Your Yule Feet or something weird like that. Like, I can't remember exactly what it, it was. Something weird. Dark's Foot. That's what it was. Do you remember Dark's Foot? No? Randy, do you remember Dark's Foot? No? He, would, he, he was a seller in China, and he would just come up with the most random stuff on Instagram. And this is probably 20... 20... 19 it was right before pandemic hit and he posted a, a maroon metallic in size nine for like 1500 bucks damn that's it and yeah i saw it dm'd him I was like yeah you want it you can have it and i was like i, I should have bought it but then at the same time that completed his collection that completed yes, rollo's so. i was like you're gonna hear from somebody named rollo and then i shot it to rollo he hit him up immediately. Within five minutes, it was paid for. Of course. And Rolo completed his, you know. Yeah, I love your display, though. That's why I bring it up. Just yeah. you have them all right there lined up. Even that royal pair with the white uh, yep, wings the white logo. Wings incredibly logo. rare. Um, and you even got them all for a great price before the hype. Before the last yeah. dance kind of dropped, you already kind of had all those. The most I've paid for any shoe ever was $2,800. Yeah. What and shoe was that? That was a black metallic. And that was in like six months of payments. Or paid for that. <laughs> but, yeah, um, all the other OG ones weren't even remotely close to that. I, I don't think I paid – I think I paid $1,200 for my purple metallic, yeah. but nothing else even close to that, nothing even over 1000 Solid investment. Yeah. yeah. It was all early on buying, yeah. you know. 
That's key. Yeah, and, after and the also, last dance, it, yeah, we, things went crazy. I haven't bought a pair since the last dance. Yeah. But, um, but a lot of them, you know, like Black and Red, uh, Chicago, Royal, UNC, um, even the Kentucky, the Gray, the neutral, Natural or whatever, um, all those pairs, I've owned probably five to ten pairs of each of those yeah. and would buy them. Upgrade it and just get ones a little bit better. They're all the same 12 or 13 size, but I would always buy one and then, you know, find another one and buy that and then sell the next one. You can buy the next one, sell that, and you know, just keep getting better versions of them. And over the years, there's been lulls. Yep. Sometimes it's like the popular thing, and then yeah. people start like selling them off or whatever, and then it'll come back. I think what Steve mentioned with the last dance, it kind of yep. like reignited the. Oh, yeah. And it hasn't yeah. gone down since. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's not going to. Yeah. Yeah. More and more. One thing I do want to touch on, though, dude, is your shoe. The last time you were out here, you brought in a sample size nine. Yeah. I tried it on. It was freaking sick. How's that coming? Good. Um, with this whole Instagram thing, we might be having to push things back. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But, yeah, we have our own silhouette, um, our own shoe dropping. It's going to be very similar to how Mosh does his. Yeah. You know, it's the same the same um, factories and stuff are behind it, and it'll be a pre-sale kind of a thing. But uh, we're calling it the cutback, and um, you know that's to make a long story short. With that, the inspiration behind it is um, I'm, I've always been obsessed with like surfing and water sports, and you know beach and stuff like that. And the cutback is a uh, a maneuver in surfing where basically when you get ahead of yourself on the wave, you do this like cut back this like s curve you know to bring you back into the right position in the wave you know like reset yourself in the in the wave so yeah so on, on a wave basically you know you have like the sweet spot and if you get too ahead of yourself um you're not in the best part of the wave and this cutback you know maneuver basically repositions you back into the pocket or right in the curl is what they call you know like the best part of the wave and we kind of you know metaphorically are looking at this shoe you know, to do that kind of same thing with uh, with us. You know, we kind of want to reposition ourselves in this market, you know, and be able to, you know, this is like the next phase of Dink & Co., you know, is is our, our own shoe and our own production. The goal is to have a, a drop every month, and then hopefully things are, are, are looking good to where um, in April we do some really cool stuff where we're going to drop two um, starting that month. Uh, so that's as long as things are, you know, as long as they move smoothly and uh, they we're hoping they will, but you know, this whole losing an Instagram account has definitely thrown a damper into that. But you know, that's, this is fresh. Any plans for an all white so, sneaker for me to customize? Yeah. All right. Yeah, we can do that. I don't want to directly copy what Mosh did where he like made a canvas, but you know, when can I expect I my sample pair? Jake? <laughs> Whenever I get mine, <laughs> cause I'm having them all made nine and a half, you know, you know, sample sizes right now. So I'll, we will start, you know, the like uh, seeding phase here. Um, supposedly the first colorway that we're dropping, that sample has been shipped to us. So hopefully it's, you know, in the next week when I get home, hopefully that'll be there. And, and if, as long as it's good, then we're going to start creating content with it and we'll start the seeding phases. So we'll be contacting like friends and family and stuff, you know, the seed too, and you know some people I've worked with will will we'll get them to hopefully help promote and stuff like that. So it's a whole new 
whole new process that I've never done and don't know what to do and well, if there's any anything we can do to help come close to launch, please let us and know. And I will let say this. Know. The shoe is unique. It's nice. It's a good – yeah, we were going a, over it right before this podcast. It's not a dunk. Yeah, yeah it's a good-looking shoe. You know what I'm saying? It's a yeah, good it's, shoe. It's, it's comfortable. It looks comfy. Super comfy. Yeah, it's completely like – it's it's a it's a off-the-dome design. It's nothing fraudulent, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. It's, it's a completely, you know, out of our – out of our head, our own design, and uh, there's a lot of thought put into it. Over two years of sampling, you know, we've done two years of sampling on this shoe would you say to, the get surfing, the, to get it perfect. Would so. you say the surfing side of things was a big inspo for the overall shoe? Because you touched on a lot of that right now. You know, in, in my, like, design, like, method, you know, I never, re- I never revert back to fashion, sneakers, you know, footwear, sports, really, and anything that I do with the, d- the design, I try to attack it from other things that I've been influenced by over the years. Heavily with, like, cars, sneaker design, like people like, you know, Jesse James and Chip Foose and, you know, all these, like, hot rod builders, and then, like, surfing, and, you know, um, even, like, just beach, you know, and, like, nature, more inspiring than the actual like sneakers and stuff yeah, like that. So pull creatives. It's pull. a different approach and hopefully we'll bring a different, you know, um, aesthetic to yeah. everything. So you pull inspo from other joys in your life. Yeah. yeah that's now, cool. I don't know if we got time or we might, but you, I mean, the story you told us about how you got with LeBron was pretty amazing. Um, I don't know if you can do a condensed version or if you want to kind of describe that and how you got to, you know, start working with LeBron. Yeah. So again, I'd never at that point done any kind of celebrity or athlete uh, shoe. Yep. And um, I had somebody contact me from Miami, uh, and this is when when LeBron was uh, in Miami, and this person wanted to do a custom shoe, and we ended up, you know, talking on email um, a little bit, and then lost contact. Then I hit him back. And uh, asked if he still wanted to do it. And he was like not interested in doing the custom shoe, but he said that he would be in in San Antonio whenever the Heater playing the Spurs in the playoffs. So, and he asked me to pick him up from the airport. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I have no idea who this yeah, person yeah, is. Wild. I have no clue. And you know, I'm a year into going full time. And so this is pre Instagram. Uh, this is like maybe six to eight months in Instagram. Okay, very yeah. early. Yeah. Like, it, Instagram was probably a thing for a year, year and a half. Yeah, yeah, But I, at that point, was Android. I don't know if you remember, but Apple got it, and then Android got it, like, eight months later. Gotcha. So, like, I was still new into it yep. at that point. And I have changed to Apple, just to put it up. Okay, good. I'm Smart not man. Android. Smart man. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so he had hit me up wanted to do shoes and hit him back. He didn't want to. Then he was said that he was going to be traveling here and he asked if I could pick him up from the airport. At that time I was driving this like piece of shit Kia. It would just shut down randomly. You'd be going 70 miles an hour on a highway and the whole damn thing would just shut off. You'd have to like power steering was off. Brakes are off. You just have to crank it and come to a rolling stop. Luckily you have the e-brake to do that. But like it would just, you know, it was horrible. And I still agreed to pick him up. 
and they end up losing his bag. So I ended up taking him around San Antonio, taking him out to eat and just showing him a good time until they, they called and said his bags were ready. Just some random guy too. Some random dude. Don't even know. Yeah, comes, yeah. he's like 28 year old Cuban dude. Okay. And he's like super cool guy. Yeah. You know, super, he was awesome. Um, but like, as we're hanging out together, he's like saying that he's, he's a yacht broker in Miami and he's, uh, among other people, LeBron's yacht broker. And so I thought that was wild. And we end up going, finally his bags got ready. We go to the hotel. You know, I end up like calling a buddy and like parking, you know, like in the, it's dark by this time when I like park, I call my buddy JD and I'm like, no, like this dude's like, connected with the heat like he's traveling with them like he said he's going out did, to eat did you them. think he was full of shit at any moment in time i'd never met anybody like that before okay like, so i didn't know you know okay. like i'm like so i've kind of parked and i just wanted to like see because he said he was going to going out to eat with lebron and a couple other guys yeah. so i parked and sure enough like i see lebron d wade a couple of ray allen mike miller and him and a couple other people they get into like a short bus and sure enough, they go to Maggiano's yeah. and, and eat. And then I uh, I pull out behind them to go home. And we're up in the hill country in San Antonio. And my I'm behind them going down a hill. And my brakes just go completely out. <laughs> the car's still running. But the brakes, my pedal goes all the way to the floor. Oh, boy. And I'm right behind this bus oh, shit. with like LeBron, Ray Allen, D-Wade. <laughs> Going downhill, they're at a stop sign. Can you imagine? Yeah. And they go pulling away right as I come rolling up. Oh, And, man. like, I pull the e-brake to come to a stop. Oh. My breath is cold. I'm, like, freaking out. Oh, yeah. And I drive all the way home like that and and pulling the e-brake come, to come to a stop everywhere I need to come. Jeez. Imagine being the guy that gave LeBron James whiplash. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I, the whole team whiplash. The whole team. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh. I get home and uh, later on he he calls and he's at Maggiano's and he's like, "Hey, bro, I'm showing LeBron your your Instagram. You know, he likes your shit." Yeah. He's like, uh, "I can hear LeBron say, tell him I want a custom Air Max 90.'" Yeah. And I'm like, "Yeah, tell him shit. We can do that. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, stoked." And he's like, "Then I hear LeBron say, uh, tell him that." When he beats, tell him that when we beat the Spurs, I want to custom LeBron 10 to commemorate my second championship. And I kind of was set back by that a little bit. And I was like, well, tell LeBron that I'm a Spurs fan. <laughs> and that if that happens, that it's, that he needs to send me a shoe. And yeah. like, if we, if he wins, it's on me. Yeah. You know, and I'll do the shoe. He's got, but he has to send me a shoe. If the Spurs win, he's he's buying a custom friendly bet, and I hear him say bet. Yeah, <laughs> and so, uh, so yeah. Fast forward, they end up winning. Yeah, of course. And yeah. uh, so didn't didn't he ask you for a barber too? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, the next day, I woke up, got my brakes fixed, <laughs> and then later in the day, uh, he calls and he's like, "Do you know a barber?" And I knew a barber and. And um, I had to convince him to come out to the hotel the next morning, like early in the morning. And he had no idea who we were cutting. I didn't either. And I just told him, I was like, it's going to be worthwhile. You know, like, I don't know 
Yeah. No, no expectations, but yeah. it could be. Yeah. Could be a good move. And the first person that we we end up going to his hotel room, the first person was Juwan Howard, and he peels off two hundred fifty bucks yep. for him. And then the next person we go in is your boy looking at you like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And yeah. the next room we go into is uh, Randy Mims, who's uh, one of the four horsemen with LeBron. He's uh, manages his day to day. Yep. And we walk into his his hotel. He's in the shower, and the whole place is like steamed up. He's got beats blaring. There's incense going and stuff. And we get in there and we chill. And he comes out of the shower and daps us all up and sits down and he starts cutting his hair, and. He peels them off like two, 250, something like that. And then he calls Norris Cole and Udonis has them. He's like, hey, I got the barber. He's in my hotel. So then they both come by and he trims Udonis Haslam's hair and trims Norris Cole's flat top. And uh, and you're they, just hanging. I'm just hanging yeah, and talking. So and he peels $250 off each of those guys. Do. And like so many stories were told. We were in there for probably four hours, you know, something like that. Like most of the day. And then what a cool experience. It was a great experience. Yeah. So again, the, moral, the moral of the story is in San Antonio, Jake's a limo driver. Yeah. He's well, a shoe customizer and he also can provide a barber for you. So yeah. One stop shop. Afterward, we ended up, he was like, I got to run some errands now. He's like, you're from here, right? And I was like, yeah. He was like, all right, I'm, you're driving the Escalade. So he calls down, has a black Escalade pull up and we end up going to the mall. He wanted to get his, his Audemars watch Sonic cleaned. Yep. And he and LeBron's family was coming into town and he wanted to buy groceries and he wanted to go to Freddy's Frozen Custard and get a, a steak burger because he had saw the sign coming in. Yeah. And um, so we did all of that. We go to buy the groceries and he sends me to go get a cake. It's Bronny's birthday. So I go get a cake. How old? What, what year? It was, was 2013. Okay. So he's... So 10 years. 10? 10. 10. Yeah, yeah, something 19. like that. Okay. Yeah. So. He's a kid. Yeah. yeah. So it's a, I literally get a birthday cake and a little Hispanic lady behind the counter is like, what name? Yeah. B-R-O. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Can you imagine? It's crazy. Yeah. It's so yeah. sick. And, uh, and we end up taking all that to LeBron's room and or, uh, the room where he's, a lot of his family, there was multiple, and he's out playing golf at this time. So to this day, I've never met him. Oh wow! Yeah, but I still am in touch with Randy and and a lot of his, you know, a lot of his crew, Tristan Thompson and uh, Rich Paul, all the guys that he runs with. Like it's a good thing he said yes to picking him up at the I airport, know, huh? My whole life. Oh, of course, because then you know we he won and they delivered the shoes. Randy hit me up. I need your address. We're gonna send these shoes to you. Yeah. So. They sent the shoes, and then we customized them. And you did other players, I'm sure. That he, we did. Yeah, yeah we, we did D-Wade's. We did, in fact, we did shoot. We did a couple pairs for D-Wade where he was supposed to uh, wear them in an all-star game. But he had hurt his knee and ended up not wearing them. But then he ended up wearing them at, like, some banking event or something anyway. But, like, yeah, that, that just caused the whole domino effect. Yeah, that's you know? awesome. But, but he ended up um, – I delivered the shoes – to Randy, and then Randy ended up calling me the day he dropped him off at LeBron's house. And he was like, he called and was like, hey, um, dropped off the shoes at, at, at LeBron's house. He came out, like, rubbing his eyes, like, it, you know, just woke up. He was in his underwear. 
And he put the box down on the countertop with my business card. He was like, we'll see what happens. Yeah. I was like, all right, cool. That night, I'm at the house, or my apartment, and I have a bunch of people over watching kids. Movie kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're watching kids. My phone's in the, in the, on the charger in the bedroom. And it just starts, middle movie, it just starts going, bing, 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 And I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah. And then the phone starts ringing and ringing and ringing. And before you know it, my buddy Shabby in Virginia, Decade Footwear, he calls and he's like, bro, LeBron posted you on Instagram. Shouted you out and everything, tagged you, posted the pictures of the shoes. I'm like, what? Yeah. I go to it like I probably had like 500 followers at that time. Yeah, yeah. you literally refresh and fifty thousand keep going up. What yeah. did it jump to at the end of it, a few days or whatever? It was it up, up went up to like 2,500 or something like that. Okay, know? like at that he's got like 80 million followers now, but like or 100 million maybe. No, different. Ten years ago. Ten years ago, he had maybe a million. Yeah, you know, which is still crazy. Yeah, yeah. I think you know, but like totally different than now, but. Um, but yeah, and then uh, again, like I said, I kept in touch with those guys. But later, a couple months later, that summer, um, is Media Day, and on Media Day, the Media Day is literally for like there's NBA Media Day, and all media outlets have people at all the arenas, and so it's like all media outlets like they clear out you know a huge space. I think they do like five teams a day or something like that. It's like a whole week. And like they literally cover all the players, their their new jerseys or whatever. They talk about, you know, their training during the summer. They talk recap the year before. Like it's this huge day that they call media day. And it's like the most coverage like in one, like it's every media outlet you can imagine all over the world is in the house. And I got a call from Randy that morning of media day saying that he had dropped, he had picked up and dropped off LeBron at the arena and wearing your custom. He had him in his hand. Oh, wow. He's like, I can't guarantee you that he's going to wear him. Yeah. He's supposed to unveil the LeBron 11 every year. LeBron would unveil the newest model on media day. And like, that would be the first time that he'd wear him, wear him. And he was supposed to unveil the LeBron 11, which we know LeBron 11 was kind of, I like the LeBron, LeBron 11. What? I like them a lot. Only Vic. <laughs> Only Vic. <laughs> that was a lot. I don't like, I don't like it. <laughs> and I don't think LeBron did either. I'm just putting that out He didn't, he didn't like him. Yeah. Because that whole year, he ended up wearing a 10 that whole year. And then he, there was like a picture of him in the beach, and he was wearing, he, his foot was out, and like it showed his toes. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the, the, that's the LeBron, LeBron 11. 11. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he was supposed to unveil the LeBron 11, but he didn't. He wore my custom. Oh, wow. And then that just blew up like crazy. And then I remember being on a treadmill one day and looking at Instagram and like a DM pops up from somebody at Sports Illustrated with like a, a cover photo from, from Sports Illustrated Kids. It was like going to release the next month. And he goes, thought I'd send you this. You know, congrats or whatever. And it was LeBron wearing my shoes wow. on the cover of Sports Illustrated Kids. Wow. That's huge. <laughs> Wild. Well, moral of the story is be a cool motherfucker. Like, like, be open to yes, to with the flow. Like, yeah, you never know who, like, and that's why I say I have no like quarrels with like sending a DM to somebody or talking with people because you never know who you're going to meet and who they're going to yeah. know and all that. Like, my whole career has been based off of 
doing that kind of thing. It's because of you. It's just being yeah. open to, yeah. to talking to people and like hearing what other people have to say or whatever, you know, yeah. and like not ignoring people and taking risks like I didn't know who the fuck that guy was. Yeah, that's crazy because I probably would have been like, who's this weirdo? Yeah. There's no way I'm picking you up. Dude. And I figure, you know what, I'm a big dude, you know? Yeah. What's crazy is the next year Miami played San Antonio again. And so it's like same scenario. He hits me up. Yeah. Do this again this year? Yeah, hell I'm yeah. Like, hell yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Where I'm are the tickets? The, I'm Where in the, the same stupid fucking Kia. Yeah, really? Uh, still. Same Kia still. And Did he say, man, we got to get you a new fucking yeah, car? Yeah, we talked about it. Yeah. We talked about it. And and I pick him up from the airport. And then he's with that dude. That dude gets gets in the car, another Cuban guy. He gets in the car, and he's on the phone. He gets in the back seat. And he's talking loud on the phone. We're pulling away. I'm dapping him up. We're here. Good to meet you. You know, whatever. And he's like, yeah, bro. Chief fucking... Queen Latifah wants a chief grill in her fucking house. Get her chief grill, bro. And he hangs up. He's like, he's fucking contractor. And like, <laughs> he's like all pissed off. I'm like, God damn, I never had a conversation like that before. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And turns out he uh, he owns a body and soul gym in Miami. He owns like all kinds of, he's now, he could turn to find out he's, his wife is like part owner with, with Pharrell in BBC. Gotcha. And, um, and they're riding in the back of your piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's how we ended up doing shoes for Pharrell, you know? That's awesome, and like, dude. We've done shoes for him, for his gym, for his other business. And I think he's, like, part owner of, um, of with the hotel, with him and, what's that dude's name, the king of Miami? Grutman? You know Grutman? Yeah. So it's, like, that whole connection, like, is just, like, yeah, that's awesome, dude. But it's, yeah, I know. Last time you were out here, we were talking about you know the the list of athletes and you know stars. Even, it's crazy. Yeah, it's so crazy. Yeah, I can't even. Yeah, blessed, and it's all because of that one interaction. Yeah, yeah, and putting out good work and being consistent over the yeah. years. Yep. All right, so before we wrap this up, this uh, podcast was sponsored by Can Do. And for those of you that don't know, CanDo is a, a brand that uh, um, is all about really your can-do moment. So uh, how can I explain this? My can-do moment is after I got arrested for selling marijuana and doing whatever I was doing, I started Rejuvenator. And I really just had enough, um, what's the best way to explain it, guts and and just drive to just go all in and just go for it. And that is my can-do moment, changing my life and, and going on a new path. So I'll start with you, Brian. What would you say, do you have a can-do moment in your life that really changed the course of your life or just a really, you know, something that you're really proud of that you overcame something or really challenged yourself? Wow. They didn't prepare us for this, just so everyone knows. <laughs> it's kind of a, a rush of things. I think, I think something that I'm most proud of, and I think it's a can-do moment that's lasted nearly 32 years now, is marrying my wife, Andrea. We got married very young. We were married at 20 years old. Okay. And this November, we have our 30th wedding anniversary. Congratulations, man. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. 
and she's a beautiful woman, best friend. We work together, or we work together 99% of the time. Wow. In fact, she's back at the hotel right now. I know she's dying because we're not together. But um, marrying her, and then we live in a throwaway society where people throw away things, yeah. including marriages. Of course. And being married at 20, Lots of we challenge. look back and we think, we had no business of getting yeah. married that young. Yeah. But the fact that we've made it work and we're happy the whole time. We're yeah. just happy. We've had challenges. You know, everybody does in relationships, but we're just happy. So when I think of a can-do moment, I think that's the can-do moment that's lasted that's good. nearly 30 years. And that's an accomplishment that I'm really proud of, especially in the society and the world that we live in. Today. Yeah, no, I agree. That's a so, great that's a great one. Andrea, Andrea, yeah, she, she's a gem. All How'd right. you guys meet? Uh, we walked to my brother's wedding together. So she was a bridesmaid. Yes, and I was my my brother's. That's cool. Bride. So, yeah, it was. Um, That's the first time you met her, huh? I had known of her before. Okay. Yeah, I knew yeah. her before, but um, that's probably. Were you excited knowing that you were going to be like paired up with her? Walking? Did you tell your brother like? Yeah, you got paired <laughs> yeah we, we were already kind of interested in each other. A little yeah, bit. yeah. You know, I, I think you know she was chasing me, of course. Yeah, you know, yeah. Back yeah, then, right. back yeah, then, yeah. I. listening to this. Back, later, back then, like, I, was little, I, was, <laughs> I was a little more handsome back then, but uh, you that's know, hilarious. It, uh, no, I'm, I'm kidding. But yeah, I think you know we kind of liked each other already. That's cool. So I, they 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 played matchmaker on that one a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, it lasted. So <laughs> awesome. I would say that's my can-do moment. That's you know? a great. Yeah, no, that's a great one. It's also keto friendly, like like the bars here. That's right. <laughs> so you can-do moment. Uh, eight years ago, doing my first video here at Rejuvenator with Fran. Um, that was a big moment, man. Uh, never been in front of the camera. It was during a time where I was ready to move on from sneakers because I was just so over it from being in my room and stuff, just yeah. locked in by myself, no team. So when, you know, Fran and Rejuvenator knocked on the door, you know, that was a cool moment because they offered me an office, the office space alone, being with other people in yeah. the building. That was a cool, I, think, I thought that was cool. And then that day, though, when it was time to start filming my very first video, I thought I had it. <laughs> and then the lights go on and Fran's like, three, two, one. Uh, I freeze, cram. dude. I freeze. <laughs> yeah. And you guys can go back and watch that first video. It's like the most awkward well, thing ever. I've never done that. I'm Fran's over here laughing, I, by the way. <laughs> I will tell you that I was in the office right next door, and I would hear him <laughs> the try to get it out, like take after take after, just one more Nothing, time, one more time. Nothing's changed, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get out to the fifth try now, before yeah. the 20th try. Oh, yeah, he's gotten so much yeah. better. And, yeah. and I still suck on camera, but back then, dude, it was rough. But that first, the, that whole first year, 2016, dude, I hated getting in front of the camera. Yeah. Like, I like doing the work. I like the outcome of the videos. Yeah. I like what came from it, but... So you're much more comfortable. In oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I still suck. He but. had some nice bloopers <laughs> on our project, uh, our, yeah. our production. So. Oh, yeah. But that's definitely my biggest can-do moment. Everything changed from there. Um, I love what I do today. You know, if I didn't do what I did eight years ago, uh, we wouldn't be here today. Yeah, yeah. You know, working well, on this project. There's, there's more can-do moments. So what about you? I was going to say, y'all should definitely do a blooper reel. And just like uh, a whole video. I've been telling time. Fran that for we, we have done awesome. some blooper reels, but yes, there's lots. I, I, I mean, think it's like a, a soul episode that's just like maybe not a full episode, but like 10 minutes. Yeah. Eight just, minutes. There's, there's plenty. Bloopers, not just from him, but from of everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I'm, I got mine. I think yeah. an F-bomb sure. from me, Jake, Jake had a few the other day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
it's funny because when the when the camera is off and we're like you know, practicing, practicing it's all smooth huh? all smooth and all comes out and he goes all right rolling we're like like everything it's different we forget everything that we were talking about um so my can do so like i guess you were in the in the sense of like it can be anything like, just something that you're proud of that either you've overcome that's, or that's the way i look at it it's like the like doing something that i did not think i'd be able to do yes 100 so for me have you ever heard of angels landing I've heard the name. Yeah, Utah. Yep, okay. heard of it. Angels Landing is. It's like a four wheel drive. No, no. It's a like four fingers and rock climbing. Oh, okay, rock got you, climbing. got you. Yep. And in 2017 or so, um, I went to Utah with a couple friends, and we went to Zion, and they were like, "Yeah, we're going to do this hike tomorrow morning." Yada yada yada. They didn't tell me what it was. Okay. They knew. Yeah. They knew that if I knew, I'd probably check it out. Yeah. You know? Um, so they didn't tell me what it was. So the next morning we get up. They are, like, dressed for battle. Okay. You know, like, <laughs> they got uh, sticks. They got backpacks. They're pros. They're pros. Yeah, yeah. They're, these two buddy, buddies, they know what they're doing. They, they go around doing that all the time. You're wearing flip-flops? I'm wearing, luckily, <laughs> luckily I'm in hokas. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They're not like trail hokas, but I'm in yeah. some hokas. And I have one bottle of water and my phone, and that was it. Okay. They one didn't, bottle of water. They didn't, yeah. they didn't, they didn't like, okay. And, but, but they brought with them extra poles gotcha. and a ton of water. Okay. Completely knowing. So they knew. you were in your okay. own. Yeah. Awesome. And we get started on this hike, and it's, so if you don't know what Angel's Landing is, Google it. There's probably a death count, you know, yeah, yeah. here already. Like, people die on this hike okay. every year. It's How long into it before you're like, what the fuck are we doing? About an eighth of the way. Okay. About that's, an eighth of the way pretty on soon. the side of a mountain with this trail. It's a walking trail. Yeah. But it's dug into the side of the mountain, and it just, like, kind of scissors up this mountain uh-huh. and I'm just, and I, they, I'm thinking this top of where we're at is another hundred yards above us. I'm thinking that's going to be it. So I'm like, all right, I'll just keep going. And then we get it to the top of that and they're like, okay, now this section's called the refrigerator. Okay. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. So uh, another, and every, every time I get tired, so I'm like, I can't go any further. I cannot fucking go any further. Yeah. And mind you, I was in the same shape I am now. Okay. So like 350 pounds, okay. overweight, yeah, yeah, and like not supposed to be doing this. And we're the first people going up in the morning. So I don't see anybody else. Like it's just us. Yeah. You know? And it's it's cool though. And it's sun up coming and everything. It's crazy. And every time I get tired, which is like at that point it was like every 20 minutes I was so winded I couldn't go anymore. We stop. We sit, we chill, we have a drink, you know. We're like, yeah, just take your time, drink, yeah. whatever. And then we get going again. And those poles, like, poles, lifesavers. They're lifesavers. <laughs> it seems weird to say, but when you're going up, they're your first point of contact. Yeah. You stick them in and pull you up. Going down, you extend them. They're your first thing going. It's mind-boggling how much they help. But like, 
Long story short, we end up going about halfway is when you start actually physically with chains climbing, you know, like bouldering, climbing rock, you know, uh-huh. till you get to the plateau and you can finally stand. Yeah. And you're just overseeing everything and you realize, you know, what you've done. Uh-huh. This was three hours or whatever of hiking to get up there. And you did the whole thing, all did the, the, whole, did the whole thing. Okay. And then you realize you got to go down, <laughs> you know, which yep. is way scarier. Cause you know what you just climbed up, yep. you know, falling down. <laughs> Parachute, please. Like, yeah. It was the, the craziest thing. And anyway, now going down, now you're seeing all the people that are coming up. Okay. It's light out now. And the day's going on and there's people going up. There was all, all ethnicities, yeah. all kinds of people, male, female, whatever, all kinds of people coming up. But the entire way down, and you're passing people yeah. on these, like, and you're climbing backwards down, you know, and, like, all this. I guarantee not one person was within 150 pounds. Yeah. Look, not even one. Yeah. Like, Every, there was nobody your size even doing that. You know, like, it was... So one of the coolest things you've ever done. It was, like, at the top, like, I get, I, I got emotional. Yeah, I'm when sure. When I got to the bottom is where, like, I went to my knees, like, and looking back and going, like... And then, then I get to back to the campground, and I'm looking up the information, and they're like, 18 people died this year on this wow. hike, and shit like that. I'm like... Thanks a lot. Yeah. Oh my god! You know, and yeah. then I'm thankful for my friends. You yeah, know, for, that's like, cool. Because I would have never thought to do it. Like, and now I tell everybody if you get a chance, do it. Awesome. It's the most gratifying, like, um, accomplishing. Yeah, because you probably would have thought there's no way I can do there's that. There's no way my fat ass can do this. <laughs> there's no fucking way. Yeah, and you did it. And yeah. as long as you have patience to just pause. Yep. Regain yourself. Don't look at it as a big picture. Look at it as small battles. I mean, that's life. That's life. Yeah. And like that, that, yeah, it, it helps. Yeah. You know? yeah. Life so, lessons by Jake. That's yeah. awesome. Man. It was, that was definitely the biggest thing. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, hey, that's awesome. Mountain, 100% recommend. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go to Camelback. I, <laughs> it's I, too I don't know if I would do it again in the weight that I'm in. Yeah. But because especially that's already been another six, seven years I've gotten yeah, but like if if I can get my weight down, you want to go? Well, let's let's get I'll your weight down. down. Let's go fucking go. Yeah, get let's go. Pinnacle peak, crazy. Kind of pinnacle like, peak. What we need yeah. to do, and this will help you. We need to set a date, and hey, in one year or whatever, year and a half, we're going to do that, yeah. and you need to be fucking ready. Yeah, let's set yeah. a goal. Yeah, we'll talk after this. Okay. Yeah, yeah. would cool. you do it? Hundred percent. Yeah, Vic will do it. Vic's yeah. down. Did that three mile run? Uh, that, remember that mud run? Yeah, yeah, big stuff. Yeah. So now just do it up. Yeah, no. yeah. Jake, <laughs> I'll, Jake, I'll go if you take me on your back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that, that'll be that'll be the challenge. <laughs> like a donkey. Yeah, that'll be fun. That'll be an experience. <laughs> well, I think. Yeah, Let's wrap this up because yeah. I know that we got to get back to making this. We custom. have a lot of work to go. So still. people, and we we're going to go to the lake Sunday. That's so you right. guys get a, you know, we're going to go wake surfing. So we got to get this shit going. So. I mean, if you have anything, last-minute words, anything you guys want to say? So, 
I love being part of this project. It's super cool. I've never done anything like it before. I want to thank these two guys, Dick and Jake, because they're the, they're the guys putting the shoe together and, and kind of spearheading the whole thing. And also Julian, the graphic designer. We couldn't have did it without him. Um, also Steve. Yeah, I'm not doing anything. Don't well, don't take me. We're, we're using your your facility, your lasers, your, all your your yeah. staff. And this is this is all them. Trust me, so, I had nothing to do with this project at it, all. So. And also all the production behind the scenes. Of course, I've, I've never been part of this, so to see all this going on to me is like kind of eye opening. Yeah, yeah. So I thank all the all the production staff and everybody helping with that. And. Um, also, my wife for sacrificing me being away. I, I must admit, your wife is down because she's you've been here like 14 hours a day or more, and she's kind of on her own doing her own thing, so for sure. So I want to thank her. And then last but not least, I know I said it the, on the onset, Mark thank Smith. you to Mark Smith. Yeah, yeah. Because without his support and no his chance. blessing, this wouldn't happen. Um, I hope we make him somewhat proud. Yeah. So obviously, we're probably not going to be like him, the master, but we can try to get as, as best as we can. So um, i just thankful for all of you here. Yeah, thank you. I, 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 I follow the same sentiment. Dude, I'm excited. Yeah, it's an honor to have you, Brian, Jake, the rest of the team here for this project. It's a big one. It's first time shooting in this uh, really cool creative space, unique project never been done before. It's awesome, dude. It's a blessing. Yep. Well, let's do it. Let's finish it up. Peace.